0: Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal, and I am the co-founder and president of The Business of Cannabis. This is B of C Live for Wednesday, June 17th, 2020. Black Lives Matter. We are in the midst of a large-scale social change for the better. Please get involved in your local community. Push for change. And while it is most pressing uh, in everybody's local community, I encourage my American friends, please register to vote as soon as possible. BFC Live is a video and podcast production of The Business of Cannabis. Since 2017, through our web, social, video, and podcast channels, as well as real-world and virtual events, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis industry. We encourage you to explore all that we do at businessofcannabis.ca. As a reminder, all BFC Live programs are available via podcast wherever you get your podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate this podcast when you do get there. It helps us do what we do. In a few moments, we'll be joined uh, for our weekly conversation with Liz Stahura, the co-founder and president of BDSA, the official insights partner of Business of Cannabis. But first, yesterday we had our Benchmarks Update newsletter go out, as well as in our website from our friends at Cannabis Benchmarks. They were looking at the Ontario Cannabis Store data that came out last week, important stuff there. Also, we, yesterday we connected with Kristen Nichols, the editor of Hemp Industry Daily, about their upcoming virtual conference on December 29th. Take a look at that. We have a slight schedule change tomorrow. We were scheduled to have Alison McMahon in the, for BFC Live. We will have our jobs of the week presented by Cannabis at Work, but we will wait one more week for Allison McMahon of Cannabis at Work to join us in person. Friday, we're going to do a deep dive on BFC Live with Mert Gula of PRL. We're going to deep dive in cannabis insurance, an important conversation now and all the time. So we'll check in with Mert on Friday. Also on Friday for our Lunch and Learn, we'll have Neil Morota, the president and CEO of Indiva. We'll talk Bang Chocolates, Juana Gummies, uh, Cannabis 2.0 products. They're... Q1 financials they released last week. Uh, all of those things will be discussed with Neil. Sign up on our website under the events section as well. On June 22nd, we have our next Cannabis Forward Network and Education event. We'll talk about supply chain, productivity, and revenue. That's being brought, hosted by uh, Cannabis Forward Alberta, but presented by our friends at Robic in Montreal. As always, please follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Join us on our website at businessofcannabis.ca. Thank you to our ongoing partners, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, and BDSA for their ongoing support of Business of Cannabis. And as always, we are protected by our partners at ALSET. Now, here is our weekly insights conversation with Liz Tahura of BDSA. Enjoy. Great to see you again.
1: Nice to see you, Jay, as always.
0: As always, for our weekly insights update from BDSA, our insights partner here at Business of Cannabis. So what will you be sharing today? Because I have heard from our audience that they are really enjoying this.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. So good to hear it. Well, I'm enjoying it too. It's a lot of fun. Um, and super excited about what we have to share with you today. Actually, you get the... Uh, super sneak peek of our upcoming wave of consumer research. So uh, the data officially is released on June 22nd and you guys are going to be the very first people to see any of uh, of this data and insight. So I'm really excited to share this with y'all and your your audience today.
0: A, a very special business of cannabis today.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Great. Are you going to share you're going to share your screen and we'll and run through it?
1: I am. Yeah, Share screen here and and we'll take it away.
0: And I'll take myself off, I think. Hold on.
1: Uh, So yeah, so like I said, really excited about being able to share this sneak peek of the uh, most recent wave of consumer research. Uh, Those of you who are familiar with BDSA probably remember, uh, but just as a quick reminder, um, our our longitudinal or trending study, uh, this is gonna be the sixth wave of this research. Covers all of North America um, and total cannabinoid attitudes and usage. Uh, Really rich and detailed work, which is breaking down cannabis attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, motivations, uh, and not just for current cannabis consumers. And that's actually important. And we'll be talking about that in a few minutes here. Um, But for all, um, all respondents or all participants of legal age. So in Canada, of course, that varies by province. Um, In the US, nice and consistent at 21 plus. Uh, But the data are census weighted and representative of the total population which allows us to project up to represent full population and also allows us to size the population. Uh, Breaking down, not just by country, but by state, province, stage of legalization, consumer segments, Um, you know, quite frankly, uh, you want to look at it and and we likely have it. So, especially excited about this way for Canada in particular. Uh, and that's because we're able to finally get a look at the early impacts of cannabis 2.0. Um, and not to mention, of course, the impacts of COVID-19 and all the other um, socioeconomic and macroeconomic impacts uh, that we've been experiencing in 2020. Uh, now be able to take a look at some of the uh, some of the effects there. So we're gonna talk a little bit today about how consumer preferences are shifting in Canada uh, so far this year, Um, and as usual, spend a little bit of time looking at what we can learn from comparisons into other markets as well. Uh, So first and foremost, about a year and a half into legalization, and what, about six months after 2.0, great news here, about nine in 10 Canadian adults agree with cannabis legalization. Uh, And that's actually up from 85% as recently as Q3 of 2019. Um, So seeing widespread support in Canada. But also interesting to note as a comparison point, uh, when you talk specifically about those markets in the U.S. which are fully legal, so have a fully legal adult use and medical program, about 11 states. uh, When we look at that group, which we call the U.S. Level 1 states, Uh, The approval rate for cannabis legalization is about 85% in most states. So Canada coming in a little higher than the U.S. um, on kind of that representative basis. So um, go Canada.
0: (laughs) Amen to that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Interestingly, when we talk about consumption growth, so growth of the percent of uh, legal Adults who are consuming and as a quick reminder again, we segment the general population into three buckets Uh, First being consumers little self-explanatory But that is those who have consumed at least once in the past six months um, Which is a little different than some of the other metrics out there So that's why you'll see some different uh, different numbers in the BDSA data And then the non-consuming population is broken into two groups. what we call acceptors and rejectors relatively self-explanatory, but of course, acceptors saying, interested in consuming, um, rejectors saying, no thanks, not interested in consuming. Uh, what's really interesting about Q1 2020 is we didn't actually see a bump in uh, growth of either consumers or acceptors from Q3 2019 to Q1 2020. And Jay, if you remember uh, a couple months ago, we were chatting through some of the uh, impacts of COVID and some of the uh, the sort of stressful experience that that consumers were going through, and we talked about uh, this being a potential impact, uh, and I hypothesized that we might see uh, a reaction of some of this uncertainty to be that some of these potential new cannabis consumers uh, might be sitting on the sidelines through these uncertain times, uh, not quite ready to jump in um, and dip a toe into cannabis consumption. Um, I don't know if you remember. We, we were talking about craft dinner um, and, and <laughs> mac and cheese doing very well in the U.S. as a sort of an example that this is general consumer behavior. So not just um, not just confined to cannabis consumption, but generally in times of either recession, economic challenges, um, and certainly um, other um, fear-based or, or more stressful situations, consumers tend to want to stick with what is familiar. Um, It'd be a little less likely to try something new. Uh, So again, really interesting to see this hypothesis playing out as we're looking at the data. Um, Incidentally, if you look at the same data for the US, we're seeing similar results. Um, So state by state, segment by segment, really about flat to down uh, results, or generally flat results. Uh, So really interesting insight there. And of course will be very fascinating to watch as this continues to trend Um, Again, we're pointing out, though, that the overall and general trend is an upward trend in terms of consumption, and we do expect that to to continue. So what about those 35% of of, um, adults of legal age who are currently cannabis consumers? Uh, Really interesting to see how their behavior has shifted since the beginning of 2020 and since, of course, the advent of cannabis 2.0. Really big finding here. Uh, The percent of consumers claiming to have consumed edibles in the past six months did see a significant increase from 50% to 57%. Um, So really um, seeing the impacts of having access to legal edible products. Still a little bit of room to grow here. Uh, When we compare this number to the US level one state, which we mentioned earlier, That rate is somewhere around 70% of cannabis consumers who are consuming edibles. So again, a little room to move, um, but certainly seeing things trending in the direction that we would expect. Uh, Topicals, a more modest increase, but we did also see a few percentage points of increase from about 23% of consumers to about 26% saying that they consume um, or utilize topicals. Um, And then uh, inhalables staying very flat. Uh, Which again, very interesting to see to see those numbers staying pretty still uh, while the other two, essentially the 2.0 products, are growing. Flour is still king, of course, uh, so still most frequently cited as the preferred method of consumption. Um, And interesting to see if we break down the motivations for consuming between edibles and inhalables, um, seeing really similar reasons for consuming. Um, So again, pointing towards that, you know, 70, 70 plus percent of the population that states that they utilize cannabis for social or recreational uses, Uh, but certainly don't forget that there are uh, significant uh, 50% plus who are also consuming and or consuming for medical or health and wellness reasons. Um, Have fun sleep better and relax and be mellow there with the edibles. Um, similar with relax and be mellow, have fun and, and feel peaceful, uh, with the inhalables, which I like, am sure we could all use a little bit of, uh, feeling oh, peaceful these days. I was
0: going to say, these are a few of my favorite reasons.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just like with the overall consumption rates, the percent of consumers who are saying that they prefer edibles is also increasing a smaller increase here, but still an increase. Um, And actually really interesting, so jumping about three percentage points uh, for edibles from about 27% to 30%, and again those are consumers who state that edibles are their preferred method of consumption. Um, Inhalables and topicals, really generally about flat um, from 2019 Q32 to 2020 Q1. This is very similar to the US again. Level one states, about 54% say they prefer inhalables and about 33% say they prefer edibles. Uh, So very similar numbers that we're seeing already coming out for uh, for the Canada uh, consumer preferences. We're going to talk a little bit specifically about beverages. Uh, Of course, it's a huge topic in Canada, but in North America in general. Um, and about 3% of those Can- Canadians who prefer edibles state that beverages are their prefer- preferred form of consumption. Um, and that is across any type of beverage, so whether it be coffee or tea or sparkling water, beer, wine, non-carbonated, non-carbonated excuse me, beverages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when we look at how, uh, how those trends are going to play out moving forward, I know we talk about comparative markets a lot, so I just wanted to do a real quick check-in on uh, on the Colorado market and how that compares to the Canadian market in terms of sales, and maybe give us another indicator of what, what we might expect uh, for that beverage category or for the edibles category in general moving forward. Uh, so even in 2019, so you know five or six years after legalization uh, first launched in 2014 for Colorado. And we've seen and talked about, and I think some of our other segments, uh, Jay, we've seen and talked about the growth and product forms in Colorado and, and what we can learn from that trending. Uh, but even in 2019, if you combine concentrates and flour, excuse me, you can see that inhalables are really still the majority of Colorado sales even today. um, uh, which does include both extracts uh, and edible forms, so both oils and um, your, your edibles, baked goods, beverages, et cetera, about 16% of the market. And when we take a look at what was driving sales last year, just as, as recently as last year in Colorado, it really was focused on concentrates, which is driven by vape. Um, so about 80 million in new sales added uh, from the vape slash concentrates category in Colorado last year. And when we look at the, uh, the Colorado's, or excuse me, the Canada sales for early, early 2.0 sales in 2020, um, we're seeing relatively similar numbers in terms of percentage. So around 10 to 15% of sales uh, up in Canada coming from vape, sort of depending on the market uh, and the province. And edibles, interestingly enough, um, also similar. If you combine uh, extract and edibles, seeing somewhere between 10 to, 10 to 12% of sales Um, What we're also seeing, very similar, is the percentage uh, of sales coming from beverages and coming from candy uh, in Canada. We talked a lot, even just last year, or excuse me, last week, we talked a lot about gum candy and how important gummy is to the U.S. markets. Um, A little bit of a lower percentage in Canada than this 57% we see... uh, In Colorado, and in fact, um, 84% of that candy does come from gummy, so very, very strongly influenced by the gummy category. Um, But we do suspect that some of that is due to product availability. Um, So, again, we'll be watching this category very, very closely uh, up in Canada through the next six to 12 months. Uh, Beverages, about 7% of the ingestible sales in Colorado, Um, and about 1.5% of sales overall, um, which again is relatively closely in line with what we're seeing for er early sales coming out of Canada as well. Um, Now, might be a small small piece of the pie in terms of beverages um, and in fact very stable. Um, So the category overall, if you look at 2020 year to date in Colorado does still represent about 7% of the uh, ingestible sales in Colorado, but seeing really interesting things in terms of what's winning in beverages. Uh, So tea uh, is doing well with double-digit sales, carbonated drinks uh, doing well, but what's really, really doing well and what's really healthy um, in the U.S. are your low-dose or your sessionable products, and also your shots and powdered. Um, And worth pointing out that over 50% of consumers, um, and this is actually not exclusive to Canada, this is in the U.S. and North America as well, Uh, state that they are looking for convenience of consumption as one of their most important factors when deciding how to consume a beverage. So you see these low-dose sales, see these shots and powders in particular uh, that are able to be mixed into another drink uh, and creating sort of a a portable and or very easy to consume uh, experience. You can see why these are doing so well.
0: It's incredible growth.
1: It really is. Yeah, it it really is. And that actually is focusing exclusively on the THC beverages. So when we open it up a little bit further, and we talk about in the US, the hemp and CBD beverages, this is also a really interesting trend to keep an eye on and to see how this is going to play out in Canada. Uh, Because what's really great about the the hemp-based or CBD-based beverages, as you know, Jay, uh, well, in the U.S., they can be sold outside the regulated channel, uh, but I think more importantly, uh, these are non-intoxicant, non-intoxicant beverages. Um, so, what this is doing is it's really widening out that use case from just a one-to-one or a substitute for um, an alcoholic beverage or a similar intoxicant experience. This is moving that use case into. Uh, morning energy drinks, uh, you know, afternoon relaxation drinks, uh, post exercise recovery drinks, all kinds of different experiences. Um, and we're really seeing this category take off. So, our partners at IRI who track the general retail channels um, have clocked nearly um, 170% growth in these hemp and CBD beverages in the general retail channels last year alone. Um, and continuing to see those sales grow. In 2020. Um, so, again, pulling together uh, not just the THC beverages, the sessionable sort of alcohol comparison beverage experience, uh, but also these general beverage, sparkling waters, vitamin waters, uh, coffee type beverages um, really expands out the opportunity. Um, and as we're looking at the products in Canada, going to be paying really close attention to. Um, not just how like, the beverage category overall is doing, but which particular products and which particular experiences and attributes of the products are uh, are driving sales and trends up in the Canadian market. So we will be diving deeper into beverages, as I mentioned, in the coming weeks and months, uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but. For now, I think we'll
0: leave it at that. And thanks again for giving me an opportunity to share some trends with you. No, it's so important. I mean, you know, I I track a lot of different conversations, but the ones on Twitter seem to be the most um, polarizing, I would say. And the conversation on beverages has been an interesting one in Canada, for sure, most because Constellation's investment into Canopy. That said, and they just came online. And from Twitter, at least, people are enjoying the ones they get. And there's conversation, is this bringing new people into the sphere? What are they buying? How are they buying it? And, and those things are, are a little too early to figure out. But looking at the data from the U.S., it's clear this is a category. It's a big and growing category. It's a differentiated category even within the category itself between hemp and CBD and THC drinks and within THC beverages, like what formats are working, which ones aren't. And I just think it's it's interesting from a Almost like a um, case study perspective that people will study in like branding 101 or product development 101, but also in a sector that is new and evolving, all of these things like are, are new to us here in Canada, but there's so much to learn from what you guys are doing in the country as well in the states. like it's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, and I think beverages in particular are a unique use case because I think it goes both ways. I think that a lot of the u s markets are excited to see what happens in Canada because in a lot of ways Canada's on the leading edge of beverage technology, um, certainly investment, and as you mentioned, sort of big names in the space. So um, I'd say more so than just about any other product category, it's going to be really interesting to see this positive feedback loop between the U.S. and the Canadian markets and how they influence each other, quite frankly.
0: And we will be watching it alongside you, or you're going to be telling us what's (laughs) going on, which is is amazing because we're going to talk to you on a weekly basis. As we do, this is our third or fourth week talking to you uh, on Wednesday. And we're really looking forward to the series because I think um, if nobody else, I'm learning a ton, but I know people are tuning in because the stuff you're sharing is just is so topical and so important to their business. And I think as we roll out new products, new retail options in Canada, it's just it's game changing. Really. It's really important for everybody to know. Um, and so thank you again for the partnership and for your time because i um, We learn a lot every week, and that's all you can really expect.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Jay.
0: Thanks, Liz. We'll see you next week. Uh, Everybody, we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds
1: good. Thanks, Liz. Yeah.